listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this just after the Lakers beat the Spurs 121-107, now 3-2 and two to start the season. Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your fix, really. And, of course, go to silverscreenandroll.com. Christian, Sabrina, uh, Harrison and the I why did I forget about Harrison there? I don't know. He'll, he'll listen to this and wonder. But yeah, Harrison does most, <laughs> most of the magic there. But those three will have you covered throughout the entire season. Joining me this week, my man all the way from Texas, away from his family, much like I am, Anthony Irwin. Anthony, how was Christmas first off, man? Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you too. Same, same back at you, bud. Christmas is pretty good. You know, the Lakers got a win over the local team out here. So I got to rub that in all my neighbors' faces. That's been fun. The Lakers just beat the Spurs and there was like one – or two neighbor stragglers who are Spurs fans and not Dallas fans. Uh, so I get to rub it in their faces as well from a socially distance uh, distance as well. But, but all the same, it, it, anytime you get to talk trash over a bunch of Texans, then, then <laughs> things are going pretty good. Oh, you're in the right place then, right? I mean, that's it. That's, yeah. yeah. If that was your life's goal, then you're, you're attaining it right now. So <laughs> there you go. You're talking smack. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's, let's jump into the game. So weird game in the fact that, the Lakers kind of were up. Uh, they were up 10 at halftime. And I, I never was really worried about the Spurs making it close. I mean, they, they did make a couple of runs to get it, you know, down to 8, 9, 10. And then the Lakers were pulled back away. Are we going to refer to this as the Wesley Matthews? If this was a postseason, would this be his, <laughs> his podium game? Six for six. All of his shots were, were three-pointers, 18 points in 22 minutes. Uh, is that what we're going to go with? The Wesley, this is the Wesley Matthews podium game for tonight? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, this is his, uh, Wesley Matthews zoom call. He's going to yeah. hop on there and, <laughs> and, and, uh, be able to speak up after, after struggling all year. It's funny. Uh, he's replacing in essence, Danny green, right. And Danny yeah. green's thing is that he's so hot and cold. Well, he, he'll go a couple games where he shoots one for five, one for seven, and then another game he'll shoot, you know, six of eight, seven for nine. And in this case for Wes, he, he goes six for six. And honestly, I'm pretty happy for him because yeah. like it's, it's always tough when one, there's such an identifiable player that you're replacing in Danny green. And then two, when you're playing on a new team and there's such clear expectations for, for, you know, across the entire roster and, like even in the Dallas game, I think he was the only player in the negative in terms of plus minus. So it's just it's just been a tough go for him thus far. And uh, you know, shot kudos to him for sticking with it and, and still taking those shots and and it paid off for the Lakers in a big way tonight. Yeah, he he's he's a guy and, and I was actually thinking this while I was watching watching the game. Like you remember a couple of years ago when, when LeBron first signed here and then he was with uh you know, had the young guys with Ingram uh Lonzo and and Kuz and and we were kind of wondering at that time okay who is going to be the second fiddle to LeBron obviously it just never materialized that's why they they were like yeah screw this (laughs) we're just going to go get Anthony Davis and Jettison a few of these young (laughs) bucks but um you know and then you saw with AD and then even last year it it was kind of like a um a thing of okay you have LeBron and AD and and that was a little I mean even the Lakers really and I think people forget this because last season obviously was so long because of the pandemic but it was like when they were losing you were kind of worried about damn you know if ad or lebron is off 
who's going to step up behind them? And, you know, sometimes we'd hope it was Kuz and, and he wasn't doing it on a consistent basis. Obviously, Rondo had some moments, but he wasn't doing it on a consistent basis. And then you look at this squad this year, and don't get me wrong, I mean, LeBron had a nice game. Happy birthday, LeBron, by the way. Uh, 26 points, eight dimes, and, and five rebounds. And, and AD, uh, a quiet 20 points, I would say. They each played, you know, more than 30 minutes. But this is, I think, the difference with, with this year's squad compared to last year's team, which is a championship team. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's, let's be real about that. They're still damn good. But you're looking at this team, and I remember watching towards the end, LeBron was out there, and he was out there with, uh, I believe it was uh, Montrez Harrell, Markeith Morris, um, Wes Matthews, and, and, uh, and, and somebody else. And I was just like, dude, none of these guys were on the team at the beginning of last season. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> I think it's going to take some time for them to, to develop the chemistry. Uh, you know, and I think we've seen that with most new LeBron teams, quote unquote, but um, that the Wesley Matthews thing, it's like, dude, if he does this, and again, I don't think he's going to score 18 points every, every four or five games, but if he can do this once or seven, eight games, I think that's what the Lakers are built for. And that's where their strength's going to be. Yeah. I mean, so with a team like this, it's so, it's so very clearly built for a finals run. And so long as like once a series or once every other series, you get the quote unquote Wesley Matthews game, that's, that's what you're kind of asking for. And then so long as he's solid enough on the defensive end that even in those games where he isn't shooting the ball well, he's not a complete disaster. Like that's where in, in last game, for example, when the Lakers lost to the Blazers, not only was he not making anything on one end, but then you go to the other and he was just playing, you know, he was, he was, he was the uh, Wiley Coyote while he was trying to catch yeah. <laughs> roadrunners and, yeah. and Damian Lilly. It was just, it was just brutal to watch. And so in this one too, like the, the Lakers have really kind of missed Alex Caruso in that they're playing these small speedy guards and, and Wesley Matthews doesn't really have a chance against those guys, but like DeMar DeRozan is a better matchup for him. And, you know, they have Rudy Gay out there who, who he can kind of match up against defensively. And then when he goes out there and also hits six three-pointers on six tries, that's, you know, you, you want, you hope that you can get a few of these games maybe once or twice a month or, or, or three, yeah. four times a month. And then, and then on the other games that he isn't so disastrous and, and, uh, you know, I just think it's going to take a little while before his floor and ceiling start to creep up closer to each other. Oh, I think they're already close as it is. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I'm expecting out of him. Well, I mean, I mean, his, his floor was, was, I mean, we don't have basements out here and you don't have them back there in, in LA, but you know, you, you, what, what floor is your apartment on, for example? I'm on the fifth floor here. All right, so he's on, he's on the basement of your apartment building. Okay. That's where his floor has been <laughs> thus far. So you hope, that, you hope that his floor starts creeping up to like the third floor, right? Or the fourth yeah. floor in, in, in your apartment complex uh, <laughs> analogy that I'm using here. That's a good analogy, actually. I'm going to steal that one from me and use it when you're not on the pod with me sometime. But. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, it's, that's where I think where, where Rob Polenka really, I mean, we talked about this before on the podcast, I'm sure, uh, across the network is, you know, the, bringing in the, the veterans. Like, he somehow managed to, to bring in better players than what he had on the championship team last season, which is, you know, rarely the case, right? Usually um, the guys move on and, and, and you're losing some pieces because they get overvalued because they, they did get a ring. But no, I mean, this guy sat back, you know, he bought Dennis Schroeder and he bought in Montrez Harrell, which is, you know, the big surprise to me. But is there something you're noticing anything different at all between this year's squad? I know it's only early, but compared to last year, is there something good or bad that you're seeing between, between, the, two, between the two rosters? 
I don't know that it's good or bad or whatever, but I would say that it's it's a very different identity, which is pretty it's 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 pretty unique for returning champions to try to shift the actual identity of the team. This is a much more explosive team than last year's, but it's also a lot less capable on the defensive end. And so last year when they would be struggling, they could just kind of put the clamps down, get out and transition and and really kind of swarm teams into a 20 to 2 run or something like that. And I think this year you might see like 25 to 11 runs where they just they just keep outscoring them. The other team, you know, might miss a jumper or whatever and the Lakers come down and hit a three and then the the team will miss another jumper and the Lakers will hit, you know, another three and and you'll see these runs and it's just because of how capable the Lakers are defense uh, offensively that that it's just impossible to keep guarding them. And, and tonight was a perfect example, right? The, the Lakers shot uh, 14 of 26 from three-point range, uh, 53.8%. Uh, they shot 46 of 82, 56.1% on the game. Uh, and this is against a Greg Popovich team. And, and you know, typically speaking, the, his teams can kind of defend a little bit. And there were stretches. It was funny because because of where I live, I have to watch the uh, Spurs announcers and the disdain that they had every time the Lakers would hit a three was just so audible that I was loving it. I was, it was just sitting here eating chocolate and drinking wine and then listening to these guys whine about how great the the Lakers looked offensively. So it's a different team, good or bad, I, I think remains to be seen. Uh, but 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 generally speaking, like the, when when they're really clicking on offense, it's about as as uh, just demoralizing as it was last year that the Lakers could be defensively. Yeah, and and that's that's where I think you hit the nail on the head. Like these guys are, uh, I'm not like I don't fear them losing at any point. And you know what I mean? They're going to have games. Obviously, they might lose. You know, seventy two of maybe. 14 somewhere 15 around that range you know we'll, we'll see what happens but um like even watching them play today I'm like dude it doesn't even seem like they were trying you know what I mean like it wasn't they were just kind of they were just kind of running their offense and it was like okay we're feeling good about this and and like you're mentioning it, it's so easy it's like taking candy from a baby for them to score and I think when you have LeBron you have it I think Marcus All is going to continue to get better as the season progresses I don't think he'll play more than 20, 25 minutes a night just because of his age and, and, and the mileage he has on his body. But, you know, like a guy like him, he's still going to hit, hit another level. And I think the more shrewder, the more um, a guy like uh, Trez gets more comfortable, you're going to start seeing this happen more and more. Because to me, like right now, I, I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with the Nets. But even in the Western Conference, like people can still talk about the Clippers until they prove it in the playoffs. Nobody's going to give them that respect. Like right now, I just don't see anybody, even in the long term, being able to compete with these guys. Because like you mentioned, who's going to stop them from scoring 120 points in a game i don't think there really is anybody uh that can stop them from doing that consistently and that's the whole point is is that in a seven game series you know you you want to make it so that (laughs) yeah sure maybe one game you have a cold shooting night another game maybe the the other team figures something out uh and you adjust quickly enough but you then have five other games to figure the other team out defensively and, and I think the, the Lakers are smart enough. Like you mentioned Brooklyn, and it's, it's an interesting comparison because Brooklyn is so talented individually where you have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie Irving, two of the best isolation players that we'll ever see uh, in our lifetimes. And 
yet they they're kind of lacking in terms of system players like Marcus Hall is a great system player LeBron is one of the best facilitators he's a system unto himself and the Lakers so so the reason I you know the Nets are an interesting comparison is because the Lakers can kind of sleepwalk and let the ball do the moving for them and they can move the, the the defense so that they don't have to move as much and the game can look quite easy and then in those moments where they do kind of break down or or the the defense is able to adjust or is, is able to stay in front long enough well you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis two of the better isolation players uh, also of our lifetime so the fact that the Lakers have that versatility offensively is 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 borderline unfair and and I only stay borderline uh, because I don't have to care about the teams <laughs> that are trying to defend them. <laughs> that's always helpful. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely helps. No, you're right. And I think that's where it's going to be interesting, where the AD dynamic is, is something that I think is going to be hard for any challenger to overcome. Because, okay, you can worry, you know, even if they play um, a team like the Clippers in the playoffs, like, okay, yeah, you can maybe go with Ibaka if, if, if you want, but who are you going to put on Anthony Davis on the block? He's going to chew him up. You know what I mean? And I think that's where – um, the difference is going to come in. want to jump into a, a couple more things. Let's do that after a short break. All right, and we are back. Uh, we we're talking about the, the dynamic the Lakers have on offense. There's some interesting uh, game notes from, from the win over the Spurs. LeBron James uh, now at 1,000 consecutive games of having 10 points. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? That is just absurd <laughs> that this guy's still doing that. Uh, he's a year younger than me. That shows you. And, I mean, I can't even jump maybe a two and a half inches off the ground at this point in my life. So good for LeBron. And then Wesley Matthews. Here's an interesting stat, Anthony joins Kobe Bryant and Nick Van Exel as the only Lakers to make at least six three-pointers without a miss. So he's in some pretty Laker elite company there. Obviously, Kobe's in a stratosphere of his own, but Nick Van Exel is pretty damn good too back in his day. Oh, man. Nick was way ahead of his time. Yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest, if he, if he existed now, especially during the Twitter age, uh, he'd be one of Twitter's absolute favorite players. Uh, the, the, the LeBron scoring 1,000 uh, or, or 10 points or more a thousand times in a row the closest person to him is Jordan I don't think he's at 900 like that's insane imagine being so good yeah Jordan's is at 866 yeah, it, yeah. So, so so think about that that's 866 or a thousand minus 866 puts you at like one 134 or, or 134 yeah. or something like that or, yeah uh right and 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 <laughs> like you think about how good you have to be to be to, to score that many points that often and 10 points isn't really that much we just really like even numbers and or, or or multiples of five but but at the end of the day though LeBron has done this almost a season and a half more than a season and a half more than Jordan's longer streak that's insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. That's, that's, I, I, we'll never see a player like this ever again. I should give us some perspective on how, on how, how great he is. I mean, yeah, that's, that's absurd that, that he's done it. But I was going to ask you this question that kind of came up while, while you were talking about that. If you played 35 minutes in a single NBA game, how many points would you get? <laughs> well, do I have to play defense? <laughs> well, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, regardless of, of uh, whatever, you're going to get torched on defense. They're going to ISO you the entire time. But <laughs> Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, may as well you, not even, you may as well not even have me down there on defense. I'm probably going to trip over and knock somebody, like some, <laughs> somebody else out of their proper rotation. 
So I've if seen I'm Harrison's charity, Eurostat picture enough times to, to kind of imagine. <laughs> but, uh. So, so I like just somebody pump fakes and I'd break an ankle. So like I'd I'd probably I what I would probably say like if I was my coach is I'd say you know what it, we're doing this and you're I'm forced to play you 35 minutes. So just go stand there under the basket and even after they score or whenever they score. Uh, we'll just try or try to fire a ball down there at you as fast as we possibly can. And maybe just maybe I'll stumble drunkenly into a single layup. But I, even there, I would set the over under at like two and a half points. Because, <laughs> <laughs> cause eventually like, so, so even there, right. So you would think offensively you would want the advantage of, having an extra player to the the four defenders that are down there but if what that means is after you score the ball is just being thrown down to me anyway they could probably get away with playing four on four on offense and then just having somebody at like half courtish or whatever uh to 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 make sure that that over the top pass doesn't (laughs) happen so so yeah i'm telling you right now i maybe i get one basket tops two and and even there, like I'm I'm probably getting swatted into oblivion more often than I'm not. I'm gonna go on record as saying this. I I feel like I would score somewhere between five, six, or seven points. That's gonna be my <laughs> thing. I feel like I can. I don't know, one man. Three, one three and a couple of layups. Well, I mean, my team's gonna lose if I'm playing 35 minutes. My team's gonna lose by 40, but I would score five to seven points. I'm gonna go on record as that. Um, Let's wrap up on this. It's the end. I mean, we're coming up on the, on the end of the year. I'm recording this on December 30th, obviously New Year's Eve coming up tomorrow. We're hitting 2021 uh, on Friday. Um, what, when you look at the Laker, like a Lakers perspective from the year in review, and you know, let's just try and cancel out those five months from an NBA perspective that we didn't see basketball. Like when you, how would you summarize the year 2020 from a Lakers perspective? I mean – I think roller coaster is the best way to put it, right? You had the highs of winning a championships. You had the lows of losing Kobe. You had the complete unknown when the league shut down in the first place. And remember when the league shut down, the Lakers were, they had just beaten the Clippers and they had just beaten the Bucks. And you're thinking, holy crap, this team might actually be a championship type team. And then the league shuts down. And you, you, I remember thinking to myself, shit, this might really, this might really take a championship away from the Lakers. Obviously there were much more important things to be worried about, but just from a Laker fans perspective, that was running through at least my mind. And, and, you know, to, to come back and see the way that the Lakers played and see the way they all bought into team basketball. We got the additional high of laughing at the Clippers blowing a three, one league to Nikola Jokic and 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 then to to see them you know close that out and finish off that championship especially in the way that they did it uh beating the heat in game six by like 40 or being up by 40 at one point in that game uh and and then you know i'm sure there's a lot of crossovers so you have the you have the dodgers winning the world series for the first time since 1988 and and so on one hand this is about as as great as a sports year as as a city can possibly ask for but but on the other hand, that, you know, losing somebody as, you know, watching a, a star go out that was as bright as Kobe was, was just similarly, I would say, as low as it was high. So you just had so much emotion. It's, it's, it was such an exhausting year. Uh, fortunately, though, the, the Lakers and the Dodgers were able to give us something to, to even out 
uh, the, the, the amount of emotion that was pouring out at various points during that year. And then, and then on top of all that, you know, we're, we're closing out this year with what looks to be, what appears to be, in my opinion, uh, the most talented roster of, of my lifetime, most talented Lakers roster of my time. So you're heading into 2021 with, with a ton of hope for, for a better next year. Yeah, and that's one thing I feel like, you know, I've, I've been living in LA for, for going on four years now and, um, you know, the Dodgers and, and the Lakers, I, I just feel like being here, like, you know, this is the Dodgers World Series losses and I was kind of expecting, you know, if they won, it was going to get crazy. And then, you know, having the Lakers win and the Dodgers win, it, it was a nice thing for LA. I mean, people for the most part, I would say that were celebrating in, in their cars and driving around and honking. Of course, you had a bunch of other Whatever. I'm not going to make it political, but a bunch of other dumbasses who are, you know, standing on the street partying in the that's middle of no mask. That's scientific. That's scientific. Yeah. You know, I, there's people, you know, I just try and stay away from all that in terms of, uh, you know, uh, you know how I feel about the pandemic. I've said, mm -hmm. wear a mask, stay separate, do all that. But we had enough people doing that too. But I mean, I, the one thing, and, and it's funny, you know, from a sports perspective, uh, even more than the Lakers winning, even more than, than the Dodgers winning is I, I, I'll never forget the, the day that Kobe passed away. Um, I had actually just recorded a podcast and uh, we, I had to, you know, we just scrapped it right away because the news came out and um, just the, the weirdness and, and the, the, the sadness, I think that, you, you know, I feel like I live in downtown LA and, and people were, you know, congregating at, at Staples Center in LA Live. Um, you know, that's something I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll ever forget. And, and what he meant to the city and, and seeing that firsthand and, and being here, it, it was definitely one of the things. But like you mentioned, I mean, I, I'm glad that, that we got to see the Lakers win because it, it took away a lot. And it really, I think, um, rejuvenated the city a little bit for a short time. And then, you know, the Dodgers came in and did their thing. So uh, it was definitely a crazy year, an interesting year. Hopefully things get back to normal. Do, do you have any idea, like, when, when you're feeling – I mean, you mentioned your, your wife is, is a first responder, so she knows kind of um, – she's been dealing with this stuff firsthand, like – do you think we'll have fans in the stands at any point this season? Or are we looking at next year now? I tend to think so. I think the fact that uh, Jeannie Buss and the Lakers organization are saying that they're holding off on putting up the banner until they have fans in the stands tells me that they're pretty confident that at some point this year, or this season, uh, they're, they're going to have fans. Or I sure hope so. This, again, it, there are much more important things and all of that. Like, that's a disclaimer whenever we talk about any of this. But you know, for the sake of what you and I are talking about, this is such a fun team that would resonate so well with the city. It, there, there are moments where it's like a half court showtime. They aren't, they aren't going to get out and run the way last year's team did. And last year's team resonated well with the city in its own way. Uh, but this year it's, it's such a fun team. It's such a likable team, a bunch of guys that, that, that I think are really easy to root for. And, and on top of that are, are really effing good at the, at the sport and I, you know, I, I, I tend to think, you know, so, so like you mentioned, Jen is getting vaccinated tomorrow. She's a first responder and uh, she, you know, this is that first wave that, that we're going through this. And, and I would imagine that we'll probably get, you know, a couple more waves and, and hopefully by say the, the, the springish area, the springish time of year, uh, enough people will have been vaccinated and enough people will have, you know, gone through this and survived it, that, that it's safe to still go in there. I don't think we'll get full. I don't think St Staples Center will be uh, full, like, sellout crowds. But, yeah. but I think we'll, we'll probably be at, like, you know, I'd say 30%, 40% capacity by the end of the season. Yeah, which would, which would be good to see. And that's one thing I'm looking forward to, just having that, 
the energy in the city when the Lakers are playing. You know what I mean? I mean, that, that, during the finals and, and during all that, that, that would have been awesome. But like you mentioned, we're going into a new year, which, of course, in the cheesiest of ways, it does bring new hope. So I'm trying to, try to put on my, my Mr. Rogers <laughs> act here. But you know what? It's been a rough year, I think, on everyone across the globe, whether uh, you lost someone to COVID or, or you're dealing with it, you know, been impacted it by it personally. I mean, you know, hopefully everything is, is better next year. Uh, that does it, I guess, Anthony. Is this your final uh, podcast episode of 2020? You're doing one on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, well, I'm, I have one today, and then I have one tomorrow, uh, and and uh, <laughs> and yeah, and then then uh, then I guess I'll talk to everybody in 2021. All right. Well, everybody's looking forward to the break of not hearing your voice. So you know what, everybody, we'll, we'll, we'll take a break. <laughs> that. Same, honestly. Is somebody yeah. who edits my voice? <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right, Anthony, we'll do this again soon, my man. Have a good one, man. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too. All right, that's Anthony uh, Irwin, always on the uh, network, obviously hilarious as well, too. Don't forget, uh, you can catch Anthony, myself, Christian, Harrison, a whole bunch of us on the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Uh, You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your fix. And don't forget, of course, silverscreenandroll.com for all of your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. We'll talk to you all in 2021. Have a happy new year. Thank you.